Hello, welcome to the show. It's Sunday for me right now and I say that because I usually only record and release episodes on Wednesday, but I figured why not just add another bonus episode for the week. It's definitely something I love to talk about, the internal skincare routine. And so I hope this resonates and finds whoever needs to hear it. I do see so many amazing skincare tips out there, but a lot of them I feel have to do with topical remedies. And I just don't think there's enough conversation going around about what you can do on the inside to prevent breakouts, eczema, all of those things. So this episode is going to be very dense and thick with information. I will not lie, but before you feel like you need to go grab a pen and paper to write everything down, which you certainly can. I've also created a ebook guide that coincides with this episode specifically to sort of act as a supplemental reference. And it has all of these, most things that I'm going to be talking about in this episode, but it also has the internal skincare routine checklist. So if you're having an amazing diet or you're not stressed out, you're like doing everything right and you're still breaking out or something like that, you can sort of go down the line and see if there's anything else that you can do to sort of heal your insides to heal your outsides. Because whatever is happening externally is a manifestation of something that's happening internally. And I want to just nail that concept into the ground here. But I also will be talking about things that I've learned along my journey and things that I have found as topical remedies that also really do make an impact on your skincare. Okay, so I've just been so into talking about skincare recently because of my own journey, and I really do think it's one of the most interesting things to talk about because it's, first of all, so different for everyone, and there could be someone that has a perfect diet and doing all of these things and still have breakouts, or vice versa, have a shitty diet and have like the best skin ever, which is so not fair. But regardless, it's not your fault if you have if you have breakouts or something manifesting on your skin. It's like just a lack of education. And I feel that we've been conditioned sort of that we need all these products, especially the topical ones to treat our skin. But what's, we're really doing ourselves a disservice because we're blatantly ignoring our body and trying to just cover it up with a band-aid so I'm excited to talk about more of a holistic approach here and there's so many things that I've learned in my own skin journey there are even certain places on our face that are correlated with different organ systems in our body so for example if I think it's I could be wrong on this I didn't have it written down but from my memory I'm pretty sure acne on your cheeks are associated with your lungs. So if there's mucus in your lungs, it can sort of manifest as acne on your cheeks. Or I think a lot of people know that acne on the jawline is related to hormones. So I have a little diagram on one of my videos on TikTok. You can scroll down and you'll probably see it. It's like a white infograph that shows what acne is associated with each organ system it's like facial mapping so there's that definitely go utilize that but to preface 
this entire episode, there are just so many things that go on in our system that we're unaware of. So a uniform approach is not really going to be effective for everyone. So I want to challenge you to start thinking outside of the box because there, you'll you'll understand sort of what I'm talking about by the time I'm done talking. But there are energetic things at play when it comes to your skin breaking out. But instead of just thinking, oh, I'm getting acne, I must just be eating cheese, you know, or drinking alcohol or not moving my body. There's so many things. So if there is an energetic blockage in your emotional life too, this can cause inflammation and manifest as acne. So there's going to be just a lot of sort of out of the box ideas that I'm going to try and portray here. But to go into a little bit of my journey, I have struggled with skin stuff for my entire life probably since I've gone through puberty and it's so frustrating because at this point in my life especially when I was really getting into nutrition I had such a clean diet and was still breaking out so bad and so that's why I want to talk about all of this because I was always so confused until I realized that there. I would say diet is like one-tenth of the picture here. So it's just so important. And it's not just skincare. And I don't I don't know if I said this earlier, but anything that we're gonna talk about in this episode is applicable to your everyday life. So even if you're not someone who's dealing with skin stuff, you can still you should probably still do all of the things that I'm gonna mention. But Skin is a detox organ, so it will simply show you that something is going on internally. And I want to talk about the things that you might consider that will definitely affect what manifests onto your skin. And this list is not exhaustive. These are just the main things that I've either learned come across or experienced in my own life. So number one is stagnancy. So that basically means things building up on the inside and having nowhere to escape, which brings us to one of the most important concepts when we're talking about internal skincare are your drainage pathways. So if you're familiar with the lymph system, it basically is a pathway it's like highways with rest stops so the highways are the lymph you know vessels and then you have your lymph nodes and it's a highway and if there are toxins it sort of gathers them helps excrete them and you know put them to the right places so you can pee or poop them out or sweat them out whatever it is but if there are blockages it would basically be like traffic So there's a giant block, nothing can get through, and this is a really important concept when we talk about the skin because the lymph system is like the garbage collectors. So if you were to have stagnant lymph, it would basically be like as if you were to take out the trash a hundred times but never get it picked up by the garbage man. So there's toxins that build up in your body and when they have nowhere to go, they have to come out through the skin because like I said, the skin is a detox organ. So it is very important that we open up the pathways for this lymph 
and any toxins that accumulate in our body to evacuate. And we were going to talk about how to open those. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about the signs that your drainage pathways are maybe not open. And that would be if you're not pooping daily, if your pee is super yellow, if you're bloating, have gas, or feel super nauseous before or after eating, you have undigested food in your poop, if you have an energy crash every single afternoon, if you have lots of stress or anxiety, or if you're just straight up not exercising daily or moving your body daily or at least like four times a week. If you feel like any of those apply to you, then that could be the reason that you're experiencing breakouts. But that is not the end of the story. But first, let's talk about how to open up the detox pathways. And like I said, these are things that you should be doing regardless if you're dealing with skin issues. So a couple ways to do this is by sweating often. I love either just breaking a sweat from working out or an infrared sauna. Saunas are amazing because they allow the toxins to just come out in every crevice and pore. It's just so good for you. Another one that people forget is getting a good sleep routine down consistent sleep at least seven to nine hours per night is when your body does its thing there's so much going on while you sleep and this is something i don't ever see or hear people talking about sleep is not only good for your brain health your hormones every single process in your body but this is one of the times that everything else is sort of asleep for the night and your body finally has the chance to fully detox so if you're getting good sleep you're gonna wake up you're gonna go pee or poo and that is a really good sign that you're detoxing properly another way is by castor oil packs um i will say that any of the things that i'm going to talk about in terms of products like a castor oil pack or i don't know just the water filters i'm going to talk about they're going to be linked in the ebook that i have so if you're wondering what pack i use you can just download that little guy and all of that information will be right there so castor oil packs help to draw out toxins from your liver and help them to be excreted properly and it helps your liver detoxify although that is the function of that organ we live in a just really polluted world so our liver can get mucked up with all of these environmental chemical toxins so any support we can give the little liver is going to be super super helpful another thing is dry brushing or lymphatic drainage massage these are going to be so good for getting the fluids moving and often after I dry brush, I pee a lot. I also one time got a lymphatic drainage massage and I have never peed so much in my entire life. So it really shows that even if you're moving your body, you can still accumulate lymph. And so dry brushing actually does help. Another thing is hydrating really well. I always say that I never drink plain water. So that means I always add something like minerals or lemon or sea salt, something like that to my water. So hydrating with mineral rich water or 
raw milk, orange juice, anything like that, coconut water, all amazing things. Another thing is just to reduce processed food intake. And I hope if you have been around for a while or if you're new, I just want to reiterate, I am a huge advocate for enjoying your life more than stressing about food, but I just have to put this one in there because there's a lot of shit in the foods today, especially in America, that are really just causing detrimental effects to our health. And if you can avoid anything with seed oils, processed sugar, or just anything in a package that came from a sus factory, I would avoid it, you know? But don't, you know stress over food if you can stick to the perimeter of the grocery store have high quality meats eat raw dairy and all the things like that amazing but you you also don't need to never eat a hot cheeto again in your life and i would say the last one for keeping your pathways open is reducing stress i know this is sort of elusive and this is going to be different for everyone so i I won't get too much into this But I will say one of my favorite ways to reduce stress is with frequency music with my meditation. It really is hard for me just to sit there and breathe. But with frequency music, it really does help. And we are energetic beings that are vibrating at a certain frequency. So vibration really does affect us at a cellular level. So I'm not sure what it is off the top of my head, but there are different... You can Google frequency to reduce stress or whatever that vibration is like 432 hertz or something i can't remember i'm always going between a bunch of different ones so just know that that is a resource available on youtube or something whatever it is that you listen to there's also stuff on spotify that you can look up different frequencies and play music that way with your meditation anyway the next one that i want to talk about is water so something i think a lot of people don't think of is how literally disgusting tap water is and obviously i would never recommend drinking tap water but a lot of people still wash their face with tap water and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of pores in your face so if you don't want to drink the tap water i wouldn't recommend putting it on your face because it's going to go straight into your body (laughs) probably even it would probably be even worse than drinking it because at least you would digest the water. I don't know. But like putting it straight on your face just really gets absorbed into every single pore, goes into your bloodstream. It's just not good. And there's a lot of chlorine that can dry your skin out, heavy metals that can clog your pores, just all sorts of toxins. Like people, people have tested water and it has remnants of other people's prescription medications in it because they're peeing out. They're medicines and it's going into the water and there's all sorts of just sediment and grimy shit i recently replaced my bathroom sink with or bathroom sink faucet thing with a filter baby and my shower head with a jolie water filter j-o-l-i-e both of those if you're wondering are going to be at the end of the ebook because i know i'm gonna get a lot of people asking i do have a code for the filter babies so you can get a little discount i think it's 15 percent off which is pretty good and the jolie i don't have a discount for but that's just i'm so sorry <laughs> but my skin really did clear up a lot after replacing the water filter um if you can't afford a water filter right now 
or to replace your entire faucet or get a reverse osmosis system because I know those are expensive. You can also just wash your face with micellar water. There's even recipes on YouTube to how to make your own micellar water. It's really, really simple. It's like water and castile soap and some other very basic ingredients, but you can just use that with a cotton pad instead of washing your face with sink water. The next thing is toxins in general. Something that is really important to note is that a lot of toxins, especially in fragrances, perfumes, deodorant, shampoo, body wash, whatever, it, they, they mimic estrogen. And the next thing we're going to talk about is hormones, but I'll just start with this, is that hormone fluctuation fluctuations can cause a lot of stress on the body because too much of something is never a good thing but it puts the liver in a really tough spot because the liver already has a really big job in the body and then when there's a bunch of added extra hormones tacked onto that for it to metabolize digest and do something with it can get really really overwhelmed and have a hard time detoxifying other things that might even be a higher priority so it just starts this whole cascade of stagnancy so you're really going to want to try to shift your makeup and your shampoo and shit like that to non-toxic and i'm coming out with an ebook soon all about this and all the different swaps that you can make and where to find them and all of that stuff so i'll be posting that within the next couple of days i'll announce it on the half naked podcast instagram i just want this to be really easy and i want you to not feel like you're on a wild goose chase trying to replace everything you don't know what to get you don't know what to trust there's also a website so if you look up ewg which is the environmental working group there's something that is beauty related i think ewg.beauty database i don't know but you can search up any product and it'll come up with the ingredients and sort of explain if they're toxic what level of toxicity or you can look up in specific ingredients and start to just check your labels and detoxify your bathroom and your kitchen and things like that I also have recommendations for laundry soaps and stuff on the ebook because if you think about it, you sleep on your bed in your sheets and you wear clothes all day. So if you have a toxic laundry detergent, you're going to be co covered in that all day, every single day. So if you honestly switch one thing, I would start with your laundry soap. So that is that. Another thing I think I wanted to mention about toxins is that toxins aren't just things we think of that are in soaps and stuff like that it's anything that is toxic to our body which is anything overgrowing in our gut so the thing that i wanted to touch on is candida it can cause major disruptions in your microbiome which can manifest in as acne in your skin so that kind of stuff i would definitely say would require some one-on-one -on -one work there's certain protocols supplements and stuff like that to kill candida maybe just do your own research to sort of see maybe if that's what you're struggling with if you have really chronic diarrhea and all of that kind of stuff there might be something going on in your gut and it might be what is causing you to struggle with your skin the next one like i said is hormones so 
Hormones are something that definitely affect the skin majorly. They show up around the jaw and neckline. They can really, like I said, cause the liver to get very, very stressed, which causes that cascade of other things not being detoxified properly. Huge, huge part of keeping your hormones in balance is making sure your drainage pathways are open because if you are clogged up and you're on your period, all these hormone fluctuations are are happening, which is normal, and you exit that phase of your cycle and you're into another phase and those hormones rising and falling, they have nowhere to go. They're going to sit in your colon if you're not pooping and recirculate into your system. And that's what causes a lot of people's hormonal acne. So keeping those drainage pathways open, if you need to re-listen to the very beginning of the episode, maybe that would be good because that's really, really that at the top of the pyramid for all of this other stuff. Another thing that can be really helpful in keeping hormones balanced and happy is by cycle syncing. I have an episode about this with my friend Maddie Miles. I'm not sure which episode, maybe 39 or something like that. But we talk all about cycle syncing. If you're someone with a uterus, this is going to be really, really helpful in keeping everything sort of happy, not only in your psyche, but your body, your uterus, everything will just be sort of working together. If you are acknowledging the fact that you're in your luteal phase versus your follicular versus your menstrual versus your ovulatory. And something that really changed my life with this kind of stuff is how I schedule out my life. I would never schedule an interview during my menstrual phase or something like that. Or I wouldn't really go out and hang out with people and be like, going to a networking event during my luteal phase because I am very much so irritable. So that can also really keep your hormones happy because you're acknowledging that you have seasons going on in your body. And anytime we resist things like that, mother nature, it it doesn't feel good. And we are nature. So as long as we can keep sort of this synergistic relationship with our bodies and hormones, everything else will start to fall into place. This is very much so a complex topic. The whole endocrine system is very complex. So I am able to help you with these things if you are needing one-on-one support. The next thing is something that I think a lot of people don't think about or they think that it's just for people who have for example diabetes is to pay attention to your blood sugar and again I will say I I always want people to enjoy their lives and not stress about food but for the sake of this topic I will say that eating high glycemic foods like bread and pasta on their own which are called naked carbs basically without a protein and a fat will cause a huge spike in your glucose. And the interesting thing about this, so if you were to eat just a giant bowl of pasta with like nothing on it, because even even butter is a fat, so even that would help. So if you were to eat just a slice of bread, let's say, it would cause a spike in your glucose, which then causes your body to release insulin. And that converts to insulin-like growth factor. And too much of that, will increase the circulating 
circulation of androgens, which are male hormones, and that leads to excess sebum production, so oil on your skin, and overactive skin cell turnover, which causes your pores to become clogged. And this happens super, super fast. And the increasing circulation of androgens also increases the risk of PCOS. So all of that is just a recipe for disaster. High and low spikes in your glucose can cause a lot of stress on the body as well and eventually elevate cortisol and then the fight or flight response. And so the absolute last priority for your body is going to be healing your skin. It's going to be to get your nervous system back into balance. It's like, okay, we're running from a bear. Like, wait, hold on. I need you to like contribute some energy over here. I'm trying to heal this acne scar on your left cheek really quick. One sec. Like, no. High stress will just wreak havoc on every system and as i said a million and a half times everything is connected so this is going to cause stress on your adrenals eventually which is then going to send you further into fight or flight which is going to make it even harder to heal your skin so if you feel like any of those things apply to you i will give you a few places to start in terms of reducing blood sugar spikes but i will say that i will recap all of this at the end and in the ebook but a few things to begin with are having a protein rich savory breakfast versus a sweet breakfast and not going too long in between meals so i would say three to four hours max reducing refined sugar intake managing stress getting really good sleep every night and balancing your meals with protein carbs and fat All right, so I wanted to segue into answering some of the questions that I got on Instagram. I will preface by saying I'm not a dermatologist nor a skin expert, but I do know some holistic remedies that serve as good answers to these questions, and I will just try to cover them to the best of my ability. So the first one is healing acne scars. So some things that I wrote down for you guys is number one, turmeric. This is amazing for skin regeneration and inflammation can definitely help reduce redness and sort of get the cell skin cell turnover happening the next one is acupuncture this can retrieve circulation and energy flow to some of the areas and also reduce inflammation and encourage collagen production and get ready we're going to talk about collagen don't worry (laughs) the next one is armra colostrum super amazing for tissue regeneration and tissue growth factors my skin has cleared up so much since using armra and i'm definitely going to be talking about this more next is from my personal experience which is exfoliation at least once a week i use a dermaplane and i don't even am i saying that right i don't know like one of those little sort of razor things for your face (laughs) i don't know but that has really made my skin that like dewy dolphin skin look that i've been going for for my entire life helps so much any other scrub i use a coffee scrub from lush and this really just helps get rid of the dead skin helps brighten my skin up all of that once a week so the next one is rosehip seed oil it contains a natural retinoic acid which is basically a natural form of vitamin a and it's rich in fatty acids which are both incredible for the skin 
Another one for healing scars in general is vitamin E oil. And the next one, the last one is a chemical peel, which I know is not accessible to everyone. There are some that don't have terrible ingredients. I know chemical peel sounds awful, but there's ones that have like hyaluronic acid, aloe vera, vitamin A, glycolic acid. Super, super amazing for just every now and then supplemental exfoliation. Just getting all the shit out there and unclogging pores because what I've learned through a girl that I have gotten a facial before with, she explained that over time your your pores just get built up with all of this garbage. So even if you do have a good skincare routine, you need some sort of extraction every now and then to clean out, clean house, do spring cleaning on your pores. All right, so the next question is, does dairy really cause acne? This is an amazing question and something I've been wanting to talk about for the longest time, but I want to preface this with a story, (laughs) the history of milk. And I swear to God, it is the most interesting thing ever. And every time I talk about this, people are just blown away. So basically raw milk used to be the norm. Cows would produce milk, we would consume it, whatever. And then all these industries kind of got wind and were trying to capitalize off of milk so they made these huge huge production facilities and in order to sort of keep the costs low and profits high they were feeding the cows like trash like literal garbage and all of these just nasty things so the cows were basically producing like toxic milk obviously because their bodies were trying to process all these all these different types of bacteria and pathogens and I think it was about 6,000 babies died in one year from consuming this milk. But it wasn't the cows, it was the cow's diet. And so they banned raw milk completely. And they basically went into thinking that they wanted to still keep their costs low and their profits high. So they continued to feed the cow's garbage but then they would just pasteurize the milk so it would go through this process of killing pathogens bacteria, and viruses so we could still drink it but what happens when you pasteurize and use heat on dairy like you treat dairy with heat which is pasteurization it number one denatures so it destroys the proteins in the milk not only reducing the nutrient value but it it takes a protein that our body would originally recognize and digest to an unfolded disfigured protein that often causes an immune response because our body doesn't recognize how to digest it and that brings me to like you know people that are you know they can't digest dairy they have to shit their pants because their body doesn't recognize this foreign substance and it needs to get it out as soon as possible Number two is that there is lactase and lactose, both naturally occurring in milk. And when you pasteurize it, it destroys lactase. So that is the enzyme that our body needs to digest milk. And so that's why a lot of people don't digest it because we don't have the enzyme to digest it at all. And they have to take lactose pills to drink milk or eat cheese but raw dairy has its 
everything intact and everything there so you won't react to it and it's actually a superfood for us and I can go more into that but what my answer to this question is is yes you may have inflammation in the body that manifests as acne from eating from drinking regular milk but that likely will not happen if you eat raw milk so the last question before I recap might ruffle some feathers and I'm sorry about that and it is do collagen supplements actually help your skin so there are really no high quality studies that show collagen supplements actually help your skin or joints or anything like that and there is more evidence that shows you can't really eat your collagen it basically gets digested and metabolized in different ways that don't really do what we want them to do and another thing is a lot of people put collagen in their drinks and smoothies and stuff for specifically their face skin to help you know promote plump supple skin but the collagen doesn't know to go to your face so it's probably going to your joints especially if you're under mineralized in any way it's going to go to your joints <laughs> but that being said there are ways to help your body produce its own collagen which is really what we want here your body knows how to do that and if it's not doing that you don't need to supplement with collagen. You need to help your body produce its own. So a couple re ways that you can do this is by red light. I have also linked that in the ebook. My favorite red light it's from Amazon. It's like 40 bucks, whatever. CMOS does this. You can either consume CMOS as a supplement internally or you can put it right on your face and it will help stimulate your own body to produce more collagen. The next one is... Just a simple high-protein diet, lots of sleep, and lastly, Armra. Armra actually provides peptides that serve as the building blocks of proteins, which are crucial for maintaining your skin elasticity and structure. So that's more getting to the root of it instead of just taking this supplement, hoping that it works. And there's also an article that I probably will post on my story soon of comparing Vital Protein's collagen supplement to Armra, and it's just really really informative if you're someone who is curious about all of this we finally got to the recap thanks for sticking around for all of this information here are the things that i mentioned through the episode for different ways to help your skin i would say the overarching thing here is get sort of more connected with nature and how your body works as opposed to <clears throat> doing all of these topical remedies anytime we get back to nature and simplicity things just click so let's go down the list here increasing circulation with like frequent movement sweating cold plunges anything like that is going to help your lymph flow get toxins excreted everything increasing circulation cold plunges are so amazing for this there is actually some research around this that you should do 11 minutes total of cold plunge per week and 57 minutes of sauna, high heat sweating per week. The next thing is really focusing on your liver, supporting your own natural detoxification process. So doing castor oil packs, drinking liver supporting teas, anything like that. 
Gut healing is going to be a huge thing. So armor, bone broth, anything that is a gut healing thing is really going to help heal your skin. Acupuncture to relieve blockages and retrieve circulation to areas if you're trying to heal your skin. In terms of food, I would say lots of protein. There's so many foods that help your skin like salmon, olive oil, grass-fed butter, steak, avocado, carrots, anything like that. So, so good. The next thing is reducing your blood sugar spikes throughout the day, starting with a high-protein savory breakfast as opposed to a sweet one and just eating every three to four hours, having your protein, carb, and fat with every single meal. The next one was sleep. Letting your body have a good night's rest and allow it to regenerate and and circulate healing things all around your body and just have a time to quiet everything else down and heal. And the last one is cycle syncing. So if you want to know more about cycle syncing in terms of keeping your hormones balanced, definitely listen to the episode with Maddie and I, and it shouldn't be that far down in the feed, but I hope this was really helpful. If I missed anything in this recap, it's definitely going to be in the skin ebook that will be in the link in my bio by the end of today, which the date is February 19th. So if you're listening to this after that date, it will be in the link in my bio. But other than that, I hope this wasn't too overwhelming and it was more interesting than anything. Thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with me. I would love if you liked this to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening or a rating on Spotify. Whatever works really helps and it just shows sort of that support back to me because I want to have this synergistic relationship with the community on here and if there's anything you ever want to hear, just send me a quick direct message on Instagram and in the meantime, I hope you have a great week.